0: Piki mai and welcome. From RNZ National, here's our changing world. A team of geologists from New Zealand and overseas recently got just over $8 million from the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment's Endeavour Fund for a project called Eclipse. Eclipse stands for Eruption or Catastrophe, Learning to Implement Preparedness for Future Supervolcano Eruptions. Basically, It's about better understanding the Taupo supervolcano and helping New Zealanders, especially those who live in the area, understand and better cope with what might happen. Here's Victoria University's Colin Wilson and Graham Leonard from GNS Science to tell us more.
1: We know that the supervolcano system from topor through Tarawira, that whole area will have unrest again in our lifetimes. It's often, you know, in a decadal kind of time frame, and we're really not that well prepared to understand what that means, how to interpret it, and uh, and how to, uh, in a combined response with GeoNet, with emergency managers and the communities, uh, prepare for and respond to to that unrest and and the unlikely chance of an eruption.
0: Colin, can you tell me a bit more, Graham? Is it? A- unrest on a decadal time frame. Can you tell me a little more about that?
2: Yes, in the the past 100, 150 years, every few decades, there are episodes of numerous earthquakes, ground deformation at these volcanoes, and the areas in between where we can't actually eliminate the possibility that there is magma at the present day. And with all the work that's been done on the volcanoes the reaction of people to even the possibility of an eruption becomes quite important. One can make the analogy that this is like a person fast asleep, they turn over in bed or they hiccup or snore or whatever. Um, Trying to understand the processes that are involved and then find the tipping point at which... An unrest event might become an eruption so as to be able to work out the best advice to civil defence, to local authorities, becomes an important issue. To be able to reassure people that this is just a normal part of the sleeping pattern of the volcanoes is an equally important part of what we're trying to do.
1: Yes, it is a supervolcano, but... The unrest is a common occurrence, but the eruptions are a very uncommon occurrence. Uh, we uh, maybe, on average, have had an eruption throughout the area, you know, every thousand years or so. But it's it's not at all regular. You know, they cluster in time and. Uh, so that means it's unlikely to, to erupt in your lifetime. But some of these unrest episodes you know, in the early part of the um, 20th century, uh, we, we saw this ground deformation Colin talked about. We're talking about meters of, of uh, in that case, downthrow of the ground, but also uplift as possible as magma moves around. So that would be really quite striking and alarming. Uh, and we do need to spot those tipping points because in the rare case, it is starting to build towards an eruption this super volcano is the most productive currently on earth most productive volcano on earth it's like when you think about the area from Tarawira through Topor, it's like Yellowstone that whole area is an equivalent to the Yellowstone system so part of the the shift here is a mind shift that we we have a, a system that, that spans a big area of the central north island and we need to be considering that in a partnership so what are you going to do This is a a, a big multi-agency program, so it's led by Massey University, uh, GNS Science and Victoria University. But we have uh, have key collaborators uh, at at Canterbury and Auckland and Waikato Universities as well and overseas in Italy and in the U.S., there are a bunch of different aspects to this, five different themes. Uh, one is about understanding the state of that magma system, and, and Colin is a key leader there. Another is about understanding those uh, environmental indicators to, uh, to change and and. Um, and that unrest potentially leading to eruption, Uh, a a magma tectonic model. If we saw earthquakes and deformation, how does that link to the magma system? And then at the more applied end, we have uh, people working on understanding the hazard model from these volcanoes if they do go into eruption, Uh, best mitigation strategies, what our combined planning should be with communities and emergency management. And there's also citizen science aspects and uh, and co-production with uh, local... Public schools and iwi to uh, upfront work out what people most want out of this program so we can design that rather than diving in and, and with our own ideas of what it needs to produce, we're going to be uh, truly kind of co producing this with the locals.
0: So, you mentioned Italy in there,
2: yes. Through our massy colleagues, we have strong links with the what's called the INGV, which is the Italian National Volcanological Organization. And we're working with the group that have responsibility for the area around uh, the Naples area for the Filagrian fields which erupted last in the 16th century and the Vesuvius area. And although those are known volcanoes and and are recognised, they only form the rim, if you like, of a much bigger volcano that erupted catastrophically about 40,000 years ago. And so they are living on a Caldera volcano of quite substantial size, which has had massive amounts of ground movement in historic times, which, of course, the records go back for well over 2,000 years. But the land has come up and gone down by the order of 5 to 10 metres in some places. And so they have a very parallel problem of unrest versus eruption in a volcano that will undoubtedly erupt again but is much more likely to produce another severe unrest event and it's compounded there by having this huge city built right on top with all the attendant politics and italian politics is bad neapolitan politics is worse you chuck in all the mixture there and they have very great challenges as to how they approach educating a population and so there's We're we're trying to work in full partnership here to try and build up both the geological side. How do you study such a volcano? What can we find out about the volcano? What techniques, what methods? Monitoring the volcano. What do they do that we could adapt for work here that would be of value? And... Their particular strength is in modelling of eruption processes using a computer. Our very great strength here is in building up past histories of eruptions through studying the rocks. So each side brings something extra to the table. And we hope that what we can come up with as a model for how we inform local populations, civil authorities... Can serve as a model that, if it's applicable in Italy and applicable in the Central North Island, is applicable globally. Can serve as a, a yardstick for similar volcanoes around the planet.
1: The Campi Flegrei volcano in Italy is um, notable for wider Europe as well because it, it's a Caldera volcano right in the heart of Europe. So, uh, they their sister program is funded. Um, because the EU more widely is quite concerned about it, and rightly so, as well as Italy.
0: Are we perhaps slightly better off than Italy in that the population that we have that's sitting on top of Taupo, sitting on top of our supervolcano, is a little smaller than they have sitting on top of theirs?
1: We certainly have uh, a smaller population right in Taupo or Rotorua or um, the Bay of Plenty.
0: And so that's the area you're you're looking at right out to the wider Bay of Plenty?
1: Yes, definitely, yeah. I mean, the, the magma system kind of stops north of or at Lake Rotowedi area, Uh, but the consequences of even a small eruption would be felt right out to that coast, and eruptions from supervolcanoes just without any caldera collapse, it can produce a lot of ash, which would affect Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, anywhere downwind, really. In fact, I, if you want to think about what it's likely to do if it erupts, not, not the catastrophic end, uh, go and Google Chaiten, C-H-A-I-T-E-N, which was an eruption in Chile in 2008 and 2009, uh, and it really gives you a, a flavour for what a small, manageable eruption from one of these supervolcanoes is, is, uh, a lot of disruption, uh, quite a bit of damage, but they've really recovered very well. We've, we've, over the last 10 years, been following their recovery process and have learned a lot that will feed into this program from that eruption. These uh, rhyolite eruptions, supervolcanoes have a, a magma called rhyolite, uh, they're not common. And so uh, that Chitin eruption is really one of the few chances we've had in the last 100 years to look at this type of eruption somewhere else.
0: Do you think we'll ever get to the point where we can predict eruptions, forecast them?
2: I think we will get to the stage where forecasting becomes uh, more straightforward. I don't think we'll ever get to volcanic prediction.
1: Yeah, uncertainty and certainty are key concepts here. So we're all on the same page with communities, emergency management and our scientists around what we can and can't say and how likely it is. When you do have to make response decisions to these big events with cities and towns on top of them, uh, you are inherently working in a time of uncertainty. If you do have to make um, big, um, for example, uh, we're seeing in Vanuatu right now at Ambai, evacuation decisions with small amounts of eruption that could get bigger, you're not sure what's happening. And so uh, having a communal view on how uh, that system works, how we're going to deal with that uncertainty and plan for it ahead of time is critical.
0: That was Graeme Leonard from GNS Science and Colin Wilson from Victoria University of Wellington. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World Story first aired on RNZ National on the 12th of October 2017. Don't forget, you can find us at rnz.co.nz, as well as on the RNZ app. And you can subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.